0: Life, if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you, you'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. That's the first thing they needed when they got in town is you need a good teacher to put the Word of God back into you because that's why you got dragged off in the first place. Is because you strayed away from God's Word. You stopped doing what it said. You started going, by the way, here's how I think of things. This is the way I'd rather do it. And I, I find it amazing when I talk about the Bible to people and they go, well, I don't agree with that. Are you a Christian? Yes. Do you believe everything in God's Word? Yes. Then look at it right there. Well, I don't believe that. It's right there in front of them. I showed a guy something he disagreed with in the Bible the other day. He goes, I'll have to pray about that. Well, at least he said that much. Pray about it. It was right there. He didn't want to talk about it. Oh, I'm going to pr- I'll pray about it. Spiritualize it and leave. Black and white. Rejecting the Word of God. I told him, I said, friend, do you realize you're rejecting the Word of God? He goes, no, I'm not. I said, read it again. And he read it. Well, I don't know. People do this. It's thick in here in the head. They had to have a teacher to retrain them back up in God's word. And I'm sure Ezra had his guys like that, too. I don't believe that. Hey, you want to go back to captivity? No. Well, it, here's the word. I, it, the reason I get so bent up about this is because I was that guy. God had to break me bad to get me out of that. Thank God he did, but I didn't enjoy it. God restores, yes, he does, but he does it through his word because his word guides us and it commands us how to live life God's way. You cannot live your life on your terms and ask God to bless that. Doesn't work. You got to know his way. When God restores, he restores those who obey him. And to obey him, you got to know what he expects. How do you know what he expects? You got to read the book. The idea that you can be a Christian, but you never have to study God's word. That is a huge deception that will land you in major trouble. Those that don't read God's word, Satan finds as easy targets. He can plink you off with a BB gun and you're down. Because these people have no clue how to walk righteously. So if you want God's provision, it is downright mandatory that you get under God's Word. Read His Word. Read His Word. Read it. Speak it. Think it. Do it. And believe it. Prepare your heart today. When I leave here, this ain't going to be religiousness. This ain't going to be traditional stuff. Or not even because Ray said so, but because you want to follow God right. Who wants more trouble in your life? Put your hand up right now. I don't see any hands. If you want to be restored of what the enemy has taken away from you, then 2 Timothy tells us to study. It commands us. It doesn't say if you feel like it. It says study. That's a command. Do it. Study to show thyself approved. I want to be seen approved before God. When God looks at me, I want him to go, you know what? I approve of what he's doing. He's doing good. To do that, you got to read the Word of God. you got to do it. Not just hear it, not just read it, but you got to do it, too. That's where it really gets rough. And teach it. And you don't have to be a pastor to teach the Word of God. You've got people that watch you. All of you. Nobody watches me. You huh, you think? They watch you. You have an influence. You have a sphere of influence, a big bubble around you. Everywhere you walk, it, it affects people. Even, even if you're just walking through the airport and person X walks by you, you've never met them, you'll never see them again, how your countenance looks and how you maintain yourself, how you present your behavior can make all the difference in the world. It really can. You have influence because people are watching you. So give yourself to the study of God's word. Let him provide for you through that, through your obedience. And I'm telling you, it works. Ezra 7 11. This is a copy of the letter that King Artaxerxes gave Ezra the priest, the scribe expert in the words of the commandments of the Lord and of his statutes to Israel. Okay, first off, before we read it, this is a big deal. The king of the Persian Empire is it it the biggest empire ever. It was bigger than even what the Babylonian Empire was that dragged the people away in the first place. This empire is even bigger than that. Their restoration had more power and authority, authority to it than their captivity did. There's going to be more power in the restoration than there was in the dragging away, because a bigger kingdom is going to give them their restoration than the kingdom that took them off. Friends, there's different kingdoms. There's wicked kingdoms of Satan, and there's a kingdom of God. There's a kingdom that dragged you away in sin. The kingdom of God is bigger, and he's the one that's going to give you your restoration. Isn't that good? So here's a copy of a letter that King Artaxerxes gave to Ezra, probably because Ezra had the downright guts to ask permission to take a group of people back, back to the land. So there's a lot of courage. This isn't, no just, this isn't a governor. It's not a mayor. This is the king of the Persian Empire directly. If I walked in here with a, a handwritten note from the president of the United States, you'd be like, oh, how'd you get that? Okay, how did Ezra get this? This is big. So I want you to look at the courage that Ezra had to even ask. And also the God-given direction that came along with Ezra's submission to God's word. Look what comes along with giving yourself to God's word. Ezra dedicated himself to the Lord's authority, so in return, he was given instructions by God. The Lord was literally guiding Ezra's steps to ask permission, and he got it typically this king, I, I don't know who you are. You're just a little pawn out there. I'm the great, mighty king. I don't have time for an answer to you, but the king wrote him back. This, what I'm saying is following God's word gets results. It gets big results, okay? How many of you say to yourself, well, as King Artaxerxes, I, I don't want to bother him. He'll never write back. You know, I thought about that with some of the guests I had on Set for Life Radio. There's some big-time guys I thought, let me ask and see if they'll be on. You don't know unless you ask. So I said, Lord, can I have this favor? And I asked, and a bunch of them said, yeah. And we did a podcast radio show together. So Ezra asked. He was led by the Lord to move it, put it in gear. Let's go. Remember, it said he wasn't just going to read it. He was going to do it. So he read it and said, Okay, I better ask Artaxerxes. That's what the Lord wants me to do, so I'm going to do it. No, that's impossible. He'll never answer you. I'm doing it anyway. And he got permission. So we can gather that Ezra asked permission to gather a group of people to take back to Israel. Now, Ezra 7 and 12, uh, Artaxerxes, king of kings, to Ezra the priest, a scribe of the law of the God of heaven. Now, I'm going to break these down in pieces real quick. That. King of kings title that you see right there, that is not stealing from the Lord Jesus, okay? What this means, rather, is that there were a lot of nations within the Persian Empire. They all had their own kings, but Artaxerxes was even king over all of them, okay? So he's calling himself king of kings. That's how big the Persian Empire was. It was comprised of many nations together. Ezra 7, 13, perfect peace and so forth. I issue a decree that all those of the people of Israel and the priests and Levites in my realm who volunteer to go up to Jerusalem may go with you. You know this is God-ordained right here. Verse 14, And whereas you are being sent by the king and his seven counselors to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem with regard to the law of your God, which is in your hand, and whereas you are to carry the silver and gold which the king and his counselors have freely offered to the God of Israel, whose dwelling is in Jerusalem, and whereas all the silver and gold that you may find in all the province of Babylon, along with the freewill offerings of the people and the priests, are to be freely offered for the house of their God in Jerusalem. Now, therefore, be careful to buy with this money bulls, rams, and lambs, with their grain offerings and their drink offerings, and offer them on the altar of the house of your God in Jerusalem. And whatever seems good to you and your brethren to do with the rest of the silver and the gold, do it according to the will of your God. Also, the articles that are given to you for the service of the house of your God, deliver in full before the God of Jerusalem, and whatever more may be needed for the house of your God, which you may have occasion to provide, pay for it from the king's treasury. Wow, they're, they're getting pretty much everything they need. But this is very, very generous right here, that the king has given them everything they need, that you just know that the Lord God has moved the king to do this. This can't just happen. Things It's too good. You ever look at life and go, this is, this is too good. God had to do this. you got to start giving God credit for the good things in your life, right? But you can tell by the king's wording that he himself, he didn't believe in the God of Israel, but rather he believed that there were a bunch of gods that ruled over various territories. And that was a common thing back then. They had a, a God of Friendswood. They had a God of uh, Pearland. They had a God of Manville. They, you know, different towns had different gods. And that's the way they perceived, and your God's strong over there, my God's strong over here. I, he was, this king himself was not an actual believer because I want you to see how he referred to the Lord as your God. He never said our God. He said your God. So you can tell that Artaxerxes, he did not believe in the Lord, but even as an unbeliever, he was still used by God's authority to do God's will. That's very big, because we are surrounded by a world, an ocean of unbelievers, and everybody is scared of them. Don't be scared of them. God can influence even them. God has a way to direct even their thoughts, their actions. Doesn't matter if they're a believer or not. Every person on this planet is going to do whatever their purpose in life that they think they have is going to fall into the will of God some kind of way. Because God is going to steer them. He's going to direct and guide them. Don't be afraid of unbelievers. Okay? This king has given them everything they need. He didn't even believe in the God of Israel. He says, you're God over there. Good for you. Y'all go have fun. He works for you, but I got my own over here. But, and God led him to give them what they needed for God's will. And that's just, it's just crazy to see these things happen, you know, but, but God does this sort of thing. So he was used by the Lord's authority to do the Lord's will. He's the king with all the money. He said, pay from my treasury. You saw that, right? The Jews didn't have any money. They couldn't afford this. So God says, "Well, this king's got it all. I'm going to make him pay for what the Jews need." Isn't that incredible? Y'all might remember recently I quoted Ecclesiastes 2:26. This is falls right in line with this. It says, "For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight, but to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God." Okay, Christian, it takes money to Pay your house, it takes money to pay this church rent and all this stuff, but you know what, that money comes by people who are made to give. God has collectors out there, that's their job is to do nothing but think about money all day and all night. That's what they worship. They'll get all the money, and eventually they will get to a point where they will cough up their money to you for your use and God's will. So you don't have to be worried about where your money's going to come from. God has people that that can do that, that can give. So this Ecclesiastes 2.26 is being played out right in front of us here. The Lord moved the Persian Empire with the biggest bank account ever existed. They had the big treasury. He moved them so big and so huge, they'd gathered up so much wealth, it was no problem for them to give to the Israelites whatever they needed to move back to the land and set up what God called them to do. The money was not their problem. God says, I'll pay for it. You can't afford your salvation. That's why God says, I'll pay for it. I can afford it. I'll send Jesus Christ to die and your penalty for you so that you can be paid for. God does this. This is what a God of restoration does. He has ways of paying it. So the illustration for us here is that we don't have to worry how to finance what God has called us to do. If God has called you to do something, that's not your concern. Where do I get the money? That looks impossible, Lord. I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. God will say, that's okay, I got guys, they'll 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 bring it. You don't worry about that. You just get out and do what I told you to do. So he had his gatherers cough up their wealth towards the Israelites and the time and was just right, okay? So God did that for Ezra and the Israelites. They had nothing to pay for what God called them to do, but God got his gatherer. King Artaxerxes, even though he was an unbeliever, he was still moved by the Lord God to finance their calling. And I think that's amazing, that God can use even unbelievers to finance the calling of believers. Money is not your problem. Don't worship money. Don't make that your ultimate goal, priority in life. God will deal with that. It's God's will. Y'all know it. It's God's bill. (laughs) Okay? takes a huge load off my shoulders. I don't have to worry about that. So King Artaxerxes of Persia, biggest empire ever, he gave them permission to go to Jerusalem. He even gave them their silver and gold back that had been stolen from the temple in the past. He gave the people freedom to make sacrifices on the altar of their temple. Also, whatever materials you need to make the sacrifices with, we'll give you grain for grain offerings. We'll give you drink, uh, wine for drink offerings. Whatever you need, we'll give it. I'm sure they started this journey back with how in the world are we going to pull this off? God, you want me to do what? You want me to go to Jerusalem and build the temple? And I don't have anything. The Lord God called me out of my 20-year career. I want you to go be a full-time pastor. How am I supposed to pay the rent? God said, I'll deal with that. You don't worry about it. Like I said, we're going to be 10 years in this church, 10 years uh, in the next coming months. It's 10 years he's proved to me that this story works. You can take it to the bank. That's funny. I didn't mean to do that, but I'm glad I got laughs. So now they could make their own sacrifices and their own choices to serve the Lord God however the Lord God wanted them to do it. They're like, now they can do it. So this people, the Israelites, they had been held captive for 70 years by the Babylonians. This is unheard of to get a letter like this. Yes, go do everything. We'll pay for it. We'll give you everything to get a letter like this. From the king, from the man who had the top office of the entire known world at that time? You think this just happened to fall out like this? God made this happen for his people. I'm telling you, Christian, if you give your life to Jesus, God can move heaven and earth everything to help you accomplish the will that he has called you to do. You don't need to worry, how am I going to do it? Preparing your heart to read the word, do what it says. And let God do the rest, okay? He made King Artaxerxes fork it over all of it. Oh, I could I was really about to roll. Mm. Ezra 721. And I, even I, look, look how he's wording it. Even I. He, he, you know, people ain't gonna believe that King Artaxerxes said this. So he's saying, even I <laughs> Artaxerxes, Artaxerxes the king, issue a decree to all the treasurers. Who are in the region beyond the river, that whatever Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, may require of you, let it be done diligently. Up to 100 talents of silver, 100 cores of wheat, 100 baths of wine, 100 baths of oil, and salt without prescribed limit. Whatever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be diligently be done For the house of the God of heaven. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? Okay, what did he mean by that? Why should there be trouble for us? Uh, Let me explain. We saw King Darius do this very same thing. He had something he wanted out of it too. Okay, and it was something political. When you talk politics in the United States of America, everybody's ears go boink because they want to talk politics. That's what everybody loves politics. I don't, but everybody seems to for some reason. Okay. He wanted something political. The kings of uh, of an empire this big, they would do anything it took to keep uprisings and rebellions from popping up in their realm here and there. Okay. Apparently, Artaxerxes, he was dealing with some kind of political pressure. And so he had this motivation for being so nice to the people of Israel, you can tell that he wanted to avoid wrath against the kingdom. He's like, give them everything they want. Treasurers pay it. Whatever you need, you can have it. Because apparently in his mind, he's thinking, I've got so much trouble. I want to make everything as smooth as I can. You know how every time we, uh, we elect a, a president of the United States, the whole country goes mad. Everybody fights. Okay, presidents hate that part, and they go in, everybody's all upset. This king's like, I don't want any more trouble than I already got. Give them whatever they need, okay? That's what he wanted out of the deal. Give them what they want, keep them happy. So now you can see how the Lord used political pressure or the threat of political pressure to motivate Artaxerxes to give the Israelites whatever they needed. See, the king's thinking political, leadership, i got to manage stuff, so the Lord's like, okay, I'm going to use your realm to influence your mind to give them what they want. Isn't that nice how God can have that leadership even over kings? You could almost say that Artaxerxes was paying the Israelites to keep them quiet. I say whatever it takes to get the provision is whatever it takes, okay? God knows how to maneuver politicians to even give to believers so they can do his will. Like we just read in Ecclesiastes, uh, God gives the job of unbelievers, sinners to do all the gathering, to give to those who are good before God. This is what's happening to Artaxerxes. He wasn't really a believer, but I, I don't want the trouble. Give them whatever they need. You see how God works? God is above politics. You know those people that love politics, but they don't like to talk about God? God's above even their politics. I don't know why they don't want to talk about it. Ezra seven twenty four. Also, we inform you that it shall not be lawful to impose tax, tribute, or custom on any of the priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, Nethanim, or servants of this house of God. And you, Ezra, according to your God-given wisdom, set magistrates and judges who may judge all the people who are in the region beyond the river, all such as know the laws of your God and teach those who do not know them. That's important. Teach the ones that don't know. Verse 26, Whoever will not observe the law of your God and the law of the king, let judgment be executed speedily on him, whether it be death or banishment or confiscation of goods or imprisonment. Okay, so here's a furtherance of Artaxerxes' intent on making sure things don't get out of hand. I don't want things going crazy. So he set Ezra... To administer justice to all the people in Israel, if they get out of hand, I give you the authority to deal with it. Y'all deal with it on your laws, but get it done quick. See, Artaxerxes is really, really driven, but that drive is going to give the people what they need, okay? Don't be afraid of those politics out there. They're very, very driven, but God is going to maneuver it the way he wants it to go for his plan, okay? Don't be afraid of that stuff. So Artaxerxes knew that their god had a law system that kept good order, so he said, go ahead and use the law of your god. Use that law for your people. And if anybody gets out of line, punish them quick. Uh, He wants Artaxerxes, I think, he just wants things to go smooth and quiet. Give them what they want, let them use the law of their own god. So that ended the letter from the king. So now here's Ezra's response to that letter. Ezra 727. Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers, who has put such a thing as this in the king's heart. (laughs) It's like, we made it all the way up to the top guy. To beautify the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem, and has extended mercy to me before the king and his counselors, and before all the king's mighty princes. So I was encouraged as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me, and I gathered leading men of Israel to go up with me. Okay, he's got permission. He's going. We're in good shape. How in the (laughs) world? Thank God he put it to the king. Such a thing as this. I think of that about salvation. Thank God I have such a thing as this. It's amazing. But Ezra's response, the way he, what he said, it shows how he had so much praise for God within him.